Welcome to Mystery of Science and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama rock and roll cast. It started big, but I think it became very clear you did not know where you're going probably through. Uh, just like Just like Riverdale. this episode. So, I'm sad. I know, you had such high hopes. And, and those high hopes lasted a long way into the episode. I would say 30 minutes out of this 44-minute episode, I was like... This is this is this is happening. They're doing this. They're things. doing it. They're doing it. This is good. And then it just all I they they really tried maybe they did stuff and then it just did not go to the end. They did stuff and then they did Riverdale stuff. Yeah, and then Riverdale appeared again. And then they did what Riverdale does where they were like, "Hey, we're going to make a choice." And that choice is just going to undo everything well, else we did. Yeah, they're, they're going to do... They did half choices. And the, nothing... I don't know. It, the, the, here's what I will say for all the people out there. Maybe ones who have not watched this episode. Maybe you're, you're waiting for us to get it done. Maybe you want us to tell you if maybe it's you good or not. Maybe you want us to tell you if it's good or not. Here's, here's what I will say. They are still Riverdale. It's it it there they did not take this as a chance to like try new things. They didn't change despite being in the 1950s. I mean, yes, it is very 1950s and its storylines could only happen in the 1950s chronologically. Like it didn't feel like this stuff was like, oh, we want to go in the 1950s because then we can hit like themes and things. It feels like no, no, no chronologically there are things that happened in the 1950s that we want to talk about um can i <laughs> so i read an article i came sure. upon an article because i was trying i don't know i was trying to figure something out and i came upon an article yeah do you mind if i like spoil this article for you a little bit yeah i don't yeah i don't care okay so it's like half article half interview with uh roberto yeah and at one point he's like yeah you know for our seventh season we like really wanted to come out hot like we could have done a thing with like betty being a therapist and interviewing people and archie doing some fights and but we wanted to do something different we wanted to explore high school again but different when was betty ever a therapist interviewing people Maybe someone put that forth as an idea for the seventh season. <laughs> okay. Um, so that came up. He also confirmed the entire season will not take place in the 1950s. I mean, I, like, I would say I felt that, but also at the same time, it's, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen on Riverdale. I'll give them that one. Th- I'll give them that. If they want one thing, they can have that. They can have you never know what will happen next. It's true. And if you tell people what's currently happening on Riverdale, they think you're lying. <laughs> you never know what happened next. You never knew what happened before. You never know what's happening right now. Because right now, this is Riverdale. Season 7, Episode 1. Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. Okay, right off the bat, we're going to talk about this title. So here's what I want to say. They chose Don't Worry, Darling. And they definitely chose that during the whole, like, controversy of Don't Worry, Darling, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because they picked... They, they didn't even pick a movie from the 1950s. They picked a movie from now that's like, I'm not going to spoil. Uh, sort of about the 1950s. Sort of about the 1950s. But. 
this is what Riverdale does. <laughs> Riverdale goes, what's cool? What are people talking about? Oh, and they it's very us. much did it now. Especially considering how by now, I pretty much forgot Don't Worry Darling existed. And then I saw the title. I'm like, oh, right. That movie. Well, and I remember when I was looking up the episode list, I was like, ugh, gross. <laughs> yeah. It, it has nothing to do with this episode. It's like there's... Whatever. That's how they do the titles. So we begin with Rock Around the Clock. And we get the timeline so well. This is September 1955. Because we will get Rock Around the Clock. Mm-hmm. We will get James... De- we actually knew James Dean's Yeah, from last because that season. was the end of the... But we will also get... Emmett Till. Emmett Till. Yep. <laughs> we will we'll broach that when it appears. But at the beginning, they have, I think, maybe the best opening ever. The credits? <laughs> the, the credits are so good. The, so the credits are like, so Rock Around the Clock is playing. And it's a real Happy Days intro. They have a circle and the, the, the characters are turning around and it says like, Betty Cooper. And then it gets to Jughead and Jughead's like, Huh? Oh no! What? What? <laughs> like Jughead's not even just confused. He's in the 1950s. He's confused. He's in the opening to a sitcom. It's so good. Um, some noteworthy things that happen during this. Veronica has the bangs of the comic books, yes. which I am obsessed with. Well, everyone is now pretty much comic accurate. Although Betty should have a ponytail. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was about. <laughs> um, and Cheryl wears heart sunglasses and sits in a VW bug and drops them. Yeah, they they cut away from the main <laughs> credit sequence to show that shot. And I'm like, do you want me to think about Grundy? Because I don't want to think about Grundy show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jughead is talking about how it's 1955. Um, it's been, in his mind, two days mm-hmm. since Bailey's comic. And... The first thing that I, that I noticed was, boy, clean-shaven Jughead. <laughs> oh, okay. So the girls, not bad. Yeah. The men on this show, it is jarring to see them it's, playing teenagers. It's because we had two seasons where they where the what they did to them was made them grizzled. Yeah, and made them look their own age. So now that we're going like back to that, it's like it's very jarring. Now he confirms that he doesn't actually know what's going on. He, he said, doesn't have any mem- he doesn't have any of current Jughead's memories. He no. only has his own memories. Well, yeah, so he's not sure what exactly happened. He's like, were we zapped back in time? Were we in an alternate universe? Now, from what we know, just from like this very quick sequence here, they clearly weren't put back in time because they exist in 1955. Yes, they are themselves. Yeah, they aren't new people in 1955. They are like they're Archie Andrews. Who lived in 1955, along with his mother, who lives in 1955. Yeah, so it's not like when we were seeing the weird episodes last season where they were playing their ancestors. Yeah. They are themselves. In 1955. Yeah. So it's very weird, and they admittedly do like play into that weirdness pretty well by like having other weird stuff happen. So Jughead lives with his dog Hot Dog in an abandoned train car. Yep. And he gives us a few uh he gives us a few facts. Uh Betty and Kevin are dating. I bet Kevin is still gay because yep. that's definitely going to be a plot point. And he responds to some things later that make yep. it very clear. You, you know what I'll you know what I'll give them credit for? They did not lay it on too hard in right off the bat. Like Kevin's not sneaking off to make out with no, someone. But he's going to be curious about some things. I have to imagine he's going to 
discover he's gay. Some things are think, awakening inside him in yes. this episode based on information he gets. <laughs> but Betty and Kevin are de- de- uh, dating. Uh, Jason is now... The way Jughead <laughs> describes things in the way a madman would. He says Jason is back. But Jason's not Jason. He's Julian. And I'm like, okay, so a new person named Julian is back. Well, you know, Julian, the twin that Cheryl ate in utero. And then... And then the worst thing, the worst news ever is given to us. Reggie? Reggie's just not there. He's missing. Now, if Reggie does not appear as like a very plot specific, like madman who's like, I also remember the future, then I will be infuriated because Julian has taken the place of Reggie. Yeah. And we already have a Reggie. Exactly. We do not need another rich guy who's a rival of Archie. (laughs) So you better have. Big plans for Reggie, because you're not going to sideline our boy again. He's our favorite show. Give and, Reggie his dues. And because Jug has to say something about Archie, he's just sort of like, and Archie's buff. Archie likes to lift weights. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then a, a big part of the episode begins because Jughead is waiting for Tabitha because Tabitha is a chronomancer and an angel. So he thinks probably Tabitha will remember (laughs) what's going on. But Tabitha's not in town, and neither is Tony, because, as we mentioned, this is September 1955, which means it is a mere month and a mere few days after the trial, but a mere month after the murder of Emmett Till. You will all be familiar with this because a movie, a, mo- a, a, it's an important part it's of American important history. It's an important part of, of, yeah, of American but history. But a movie about this came out right before this series started filming. Yep. Um. Uh. Okay. okay. The second they mentioned Emmett Till, my entire body clenched up. Not because I'm like, oh no, they're going to talk about Emmett Till. It's the, it's, it's, oh no, Riverdale is going to... Talk about Emmett Till. Riverdale is going to talk about an important social issue that is a turning point in race relations in the 1950s. A very, uh, an atrocity that gives name to atrocities. Uh, And we're like two white people, so we're not, we're not going to go like too heavy on what, on like this discussion, but it immediately, I'm like, River, Riverdale's doing that. Now, overall, I'm going to say that I actually think they did the story pretty well by mm-hmm. being broad enough that they're not, that they're just kind of like, they're really playing on the themes of this is something we should talk about. Yes. Like, that is what, that is the, the ethos they hit at the end of like, the episode for this storyline is. We should talk about this. And you know what? If you're that's You should good. talk about it. But once again, not the right show. Well, and then I feel like they kind of undercut the importance of we should talk about this with the final scene. Oh yeah. And we can discuss that when we get there. <laughs> um, but they kind of turn this really important necessary conversation into a CW moment. Yeah. It is something that is used as a tool to progress something else and i don't like that yeah so this will come up uh, a bunch of times more of tony it's a bit tabitha talks about as well but it's very much this is what tony's going to be uh doing throughout the episode and Uh, i want to talk about this and i this is a dangerous water that i'm wading into (laughs) all right but 
Vanessa Morgan, mm-hmm. the actress who plays Tony, is half black. Yeah. And she was extremely vocal about the treatment of the black characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Because as we've discussed many times on this podcast, it's not good. Not great. They like to sideline them. They like to turn them into secondary characters when they're yeah. supposed to be main characters. Yeah. They they give them a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, you are important in like the lore, but not actually in the show. Um, the thing that I am troubled by is the show took what um, Vanessa Morgan said yeah. and strove to do better. What they forgot is they made this black woman yeah. play an indigenous character. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... So her being the leader of this storyline, mm-hmm. while being correct, yeah. was really challenging for me to watch in the overall context of the show because it's erasure of like a really important part of the character that they, they kind of effed up by doing it yeah, I th- I so think, long ago, I right? I think the... the... The thing we have to go with you now, immediately they never say Tony is black in this episode, but like they also like, but it would be weird to be able to make some sort of argument where it's like, well, no, she's coming at this from an, an indigenous point of view. When, come on, she's not. <laughs> That's like, not what they're doing. The- um, it, it. I think that just means to us that Tony is just half black, half indigenous. Tony Topaz is half black, half... I'm cool with that. Yeah? I think, yeah. I think that's just the way we have to go. I can accept... I can absolutely accept that, and yeah. I'm glad that we talked about it. It just... I, I think I think from what we have seen, realistically, we kind of have to go... Like, that yeah. way makes the most sense. And just, like, you know, we talked about this last season when we found out that What's-Her-Face was an ancestor of yeah. Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah. in love with the ancestor of Cheryl. Yeah, we all remember her, Thomasina. I, yes, Thomasina. I just... I, I'm upset about using the indigenous people of America as a plot device on this TV show. I mean, it's like deeply offensive to me. I mean, everyone's a plot device uh, in a way because uh, they do. They they a lot of this storyline just does feel like people just reading off the Wikipedia article, which is standard Riverdale. So uh, the main thing we get out of this scene when it comes to like the overall plot of Riverdale is that. Tabitha doesn't know Jughead. She nope. is not an angel. She doesn't know who Jughead is. But she does appreciate his offer to be a friend to her. Yeah, if you need any help, let me know. Now, uh, Mary's, Mary, that being our... Molly Ringwald Reverend, Andrews. Molly Ringwald Andrews. Uh, Molly Ring, Ringwald Andrews is has one character trait this episode, and that is she is... Upset that James Dean died. Very upset that James Dean died. There, There are two... Um, moments from 1955 that were that are heavy in this show, and that is the murder of Emmett Till and the death of James Dean, uh, and those are the only things anyone will ever talk about. It's true. So Mary, the reason that Mary brings up James Dean's death is because her son Archie has a car fire painted jalopy. Yeah, so it is. Why do they paint it fire to make it look fast? <laughs> we know. I guess. I guess the thing. I mean, no, but even when the comics were coming out in nineteen, it was not fire. It was painted. a bad car. He had a bad car. Well, and this. Okay, so the sense I got from the scene is that it's still a bad car. No, they treat it like it's a cool hot rod that competes with like the rich. The entire there is. I mean, this entire storyline where Reggie like swaps cars with Archie because he's like, oh, that car is the reason Veronica's into him, <laughs> but he doesn't know all the ways to make this terrible car work. 
Like he doesn't know there's a certain <laughs> way you have to turn it on and the 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 top doesn't come up. So like that's all I could think of this entire thing. But she's like, I don't want you doing it. So you're not allowed to drive your car. So instead he takes his bike, which leads to another great scene where just Archie Andrews on a bike pedaling his heart out. And this, it's, this is still deep in the moment where I'm like, this episode could be good. This well, is just funny. Well, and the thing is, these people, it's been seven years since they played juniors in high yeah. school. So they look like adults playing teenagers. And I think it's supposed to be funny. And I want them to lead into the lean into the wet, hot American summer of it all. Yeah. Which yeah. him on the bike, biking to Elvis's <laughs> That's All Right Mama. Yeah. Is like, very funny. Right. Uh, so Betty, I guess runs the paper man the amount of times that they like swap everyone's rolls around rolls around always confuses me because she did run the paper first and then jughead got really involved and then jughead was the paper guy and then they both got kicked off the paper and then kevin keller was the paper guy now betty is once again the paper guy betty has been the editor-in-chief of the paper for Two years. Ever since she went to high school. She just arrived there and was like, hey, my parents are news people. Now I'm a news person. Give me a newspaper. That does seem to be the vibe. Uh, This conversation is uh, more about the Emma Till storyline. Essentially, Tony wrote a story about it, but uh, Featherhead has vetoed the story. So, Kevin, Featherhead principal who drank the blue liquid uh yes it's it's unfortunately not anthony michael hall it is just a different man another man uh but it is the same name you could go under the implication that this is featherhead's father yes a man who teaches or it would fit yeah 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 um it's weird because because like everyone else isn't a time shifted but i guess featherhead was dead so yeah so we could time shift Did these people take over other people's lives well and i presume (laughs) the show is saying but not saying that weatherby can't be the principal because he's black black. um now now i'm just gonna say talk directly to tone here for a second um it is interesting your first choice was to go to the school paper i'm not gonna say you're gonna have more luck if you go to like a bigger uh, newspaper because it is still 1955. And it's Riverdale, so that paper I'm sure is run by the <laughs> yes, I'm sure Andrews. There's even more racist people out there. Um, but I, it's something funny about her just being like, I interviewed the family and the friends, and I said I get the story out, and the idea of her going immediately to the local high school paper just feels like those people might be like, oh, I Th- mean, that's not what we thought would happen. I guess that's nice. We, we bared our hearts to you because we thought <laughs> we thought you were like a reporter. You, you look like you're 20. So we thought you were an adult. <laughs> um, now, we do actually immediately meet Featherhead, who I said is not Anthony Michael Hall, yep. to do what I would say. They got a second shot at the Veronica introduction, and they did it much better. Oh, my. So this. OK. She, okay. They're watching a film strip, strip about yep. mills, which are cars like loppies done up like hot rods. Because everything has to be about James Dean. <laughs> And then the film strip is interrupted by Featherhead being like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's a new student here. Straight from sunny L.A. And (laughs) wearing an outdoor hat inside. And sunglasses. Well, she comes. Audrey Hepburn, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is much better than when she was introduced in the first episode and came in like the Grim Reaper. And this Veronica also gives a speech. She talks about how she, her Un- parents are- Sorry, unprompted. She walks to the front of the class and says- that, uh, Yes, 
She is that Veronica Lodge, the daughter of Hermione and Hiram Lodge, who are starring in Lo- Los Mijos? Oh. Omiha. Omiha. A a TV sitcom. I think it's like an I Love Lucy. I think it's an I Love Lucy as well. Yeah. They're very, very famous. And she too is very famous. And she's not going to say whether or not she's going to play Emily Webb in the film adaptation of Our Town. Which you all know is being made. (laughs) But she needs to learn about small town life. So she came here to live with her aunt and uncle. And also here are some literary references because Veronica's so smart. So good. It's so good. Like, she comes in so aggressively conceited, and I love it so much. She hit, she does this speech, and Archie gives one clap, and everyone looks at him. He's like, oh, okay. Oops. Cheryl hates it. Archie loves it. Julian also loves it, because Julian is just Reggie. And uh, Jughead, in his head, is like, man, Veronica Lodge, hot in any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that was so uncomfortable <laughs> to me, the idea of Jughead's like, yep, sexually attracted to that woman. Well, remember when he was going to sleep with her I mean, to make an explosion I'm, happen? I'm going to say this right now. I'm uncomfortable by the 27-year-old brain and the 16-year-old being like, I'm attracted to that 16-year-old. Luckily, she looks 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to point something out. I love Veronica's bangs. All of her costumes are so time period inappropriate. Oh, yeah. That, like, all of her They clearly sh- went to travel through time with her. Her shirts are all so low cut. In one scene, she wears a strapless dress with a tie that matches. That girl would have been sent home from school. <laughs> yeah. Like in the, Greece, they're not even allowed to wear pants to school. Yeah, it, it is like they they remember the 1950s weren't great with... Let's just say that. Let's say the 1950s weren't great. <laughs> yep. The 1950s weren't great with uh, race and sexual orientation, but they like forgot repression of women right they're like no women can do whatever they want yeah i I mean like there's some things there like obviously betty's mom isn't as involved in like doing things yeah but you know you know she's still a tyrant underneath um so veronica arrives in the 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 student lounge now (laughs) they take their food on lunch trays from the cafeteria to the student lounge. Feels like a long walk. Uh, but you use the sets you have, so I don't care. And then she pulls a real power play by forgetting Cheryl's name and knowing everyone else's. And so she looks at Cheryl and sees that Cheryl is, like, hot and goes, hmm, this woman clearly has a lot of control over the school. I need to undermine her immediately. Yeah, it's like when you go to prison. You punch the biggest person. Yeah. And then, once again, because there's only a couple things you can talk about, uh... Cheryl is the head of the James Dean fan club, so they want to, like, talk about James Dean. And Veronica immediately claims to be his friend, to the point I'm like, oh, she's very obviously lying. But maybe not. Okay, so she, like, well, she, okay. also, she begins by saying, this, like, oh, yes, of course I know Jimmy. Me and him went skinny dipping. And I'm like, I don't know, sure. If we're, I mean, I guess it's the 1950s, but you're making this in 2023. And I'm not sure we want to do the 24-year-old skinny <laughs> dipping with the 16-year-old. At the Chateau Marmaduke, because this is still Riverdale. Oh, Riverdale. Uh, that's just me. I like, uh, yeah. But then someone's like, so what? You're going to tell me that you dated him? And Cheryl, or Veronica goes, well, he went both ways. Okay, where did that come from? That's not an answer to <laughs> the question. Not an to the question. Someone's, <laughs> if someone's like, hey, by the way, did you date this person? Your answer was, oh, they're bisexual. Like, not the question I asked. Is she saying that she wouldn't because he is? That seems to be an implication, maybe. And everyone responds to that, including Archie, who's like, but he's like a man, like a cowboy. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, God, Archie. it's, I love it. It's very 1950s. It. Archie's now, so dumb. Now, obviously at the time they'd say, well, he's 19, he's a man in the 1950s. I know, I like, love it. And that was stuff about James Dean. There was ideas that James Dean might be bisexual yeah. or gay, but he died at 24. The thing to rem- always remember about James, for people who don't know stuff about James Dean, because like, he's incredibly popular. He rose and then died so fast. In like two years. Like two years. No one really knew much about because he was 24 when he died. And his like big break was in was in 1954 with like a play. And then he did two two movies, mm-hmm. died, and one movie came out pro- posthumously. So like it was so fast. They, like his meteoric rise. So like that's just something to remember, I think, for people who don't know. Now, I him. will say while we were watching this, there was a moment where I was like, duh, he was gay. Everyone knows that now. And I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking of Rock, Rock Hudson. Yes, who he is uh, usually compared to. Like all those people who are like, oh, they're kind of like uh, eternal bachelors. Yeah. Yeah. So Cheryl is upset because mostly because Veronica's controlling the conversation yeah. everyone likes her but Cheryl pulls a Cheryl, Cheryl where she's like you can't have your perverted conversations here <laughs> yeah I will say 1955 Cheryl insults are not as good as the 2000s she's not calling anyone a handsome hobo right now <laughs> well they're trying their best to make uh, them talk like they're 1950s by that I mean they don't even try so Jughead learns that Bailey's Comet is going to come in two years that kind of freaks him out. Yeah. Uh, that's more of a setup for later. Yep. But anyway, he, Archie. Archie, sweet, sweet, dumb Archie, comes up to Veronica in the hallway. And he's like, hello, Veronica. Might I walk you home from school? <laughs> I'm like, you rode a bike. <laughs> yeah. Are you just going to leave it there? Yeah, I think he's going to walk the bike there. Uh, I think he should have asked her, do you want to hop on my bike? Oh, my God. How cute would that have been? You could, you could stand on the nuts on the back. She might have gone for that because it's very, like, picturesque. No, not if she has to, like, stand on well, just the, like, the nuts on the back. And it turns out that uh, Julian is. has already ditched his sister and offered Veronica yeah. a ride home. I'm like, I, as soon as he had the car, I'm like, yes. This is such classic Archie comics. Car car fights? Car things. Car thing. Being like, oh, but this person's car. Oh, but this person's car. That is, not only is that perfect Archie, that is perfect high school. And you know, I know we did a lot of drag races in like season two. That was a, that was a very different vibe. I want a 1950s drag race. Yeah. It's some, sometime when we're in the 1950s, <laughs> but it, I need Reggie. What? Give me Reggie. Well, yeah. The thing is, when they did uh, 2019 1950s drag race, it was very weird. But if they do 1950s drag 1950s race. 1950s drag race. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is now Betty and Tony talking to Featherhead once again about the publication. And Featherhead says, no, I talked to Dr. Werther's and he says children can't know about bad things that happen. No, notably, uh, doc- it's 1950s. Once again, Dr. Werther's, who is, I guess, just standing behind them, <laughs> staring out the window. The most intimidating man I have ever seen turns from the window where we didn't even know he was there. He wasn't even in the original Just shot. smash cut. He's standing by a window. He's like, yes, I've read the paper. And as a child psychologist, I believe 
the ideas and images presented are too much for a child's mind. And so basically the article is not suitable for publication because racism. Yeah, well, and and this is what I'm going to say. Like they actually did, I think, a decent job of this because Featherhead's not like, we don't want to talk about a black kid no. dying. He's like, but... The stuff you're saying, that stuff doesn't happen in Riverdale. We're one of the first schools in the country that was integrated. What else do you want? Yeah, so two things. I want to do a quick fun fact because I was I was actually looking up, looking up this beforehand because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so we think they're in New York State. Yes. Uh, it, this doesn't matter because also the states around it are pretty much like that. Um, technically, on the books, mm-hmm. um, segregated schools were illegal in New York State. They were, however, obviously happening because of, like, de facto segregation because yep. of, like, systemic issues. Yep. So I, I – and here's – I actually don't care if they knew this or not because I actually think it strengthens Featherhead's point because the idea of, like, well, we weren't legally desegregated. And when we integrated, like, mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to be segregated in the first place because you couldn't be. But you being, like – Oh, well, but we were, we were integrated. Like we, we did that and not like, yeah, it probably happened because people moved into your community. I was going to say, doesn't it just seem like a couple of black families moved to town and and they were like, okay. So they're like, yeah, no, uh, totally. We integrated. Like it's totally a thing we did on purpose and not a thing that probably we fought against when it actually happened. Well, and what is interesting about Riverdale High is Tony makes the point that there are, there are no black teachers. Like they're not actually getting representation. There is an Asian teacher, though. I don't know what his background is. He's some sort of I kind East of, Asian, I think. But <laughs> uh, do you think it, that was it, a mistake? In the in the, mo- the thing is, the problem is Riverdale, and I think about Riverdale. I almost feel like they forgot yeah. that like other races, races exist, than black and white people exist. Well, because Veronica is like With, culturally Hispanic. Yeah. And, and I don't. And that's I don't, not going to come up. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, just because it doesn't come up now. Like, once again, they're doing the Emmett Till thing. They very much want to focus on black-white mm-hmm. relations because that's what's going on. Uh, another thing I want to point out that I actually want to give them credit for because I think that's important. Um, when he does his whole like, but we're one. We're one of the first high schools to integrate. Isn't that enough? It's like such a good line because it really hits something that happens even now these days. Like it gives mm-hmm. the vibe of like. Well, we gave you the vote. Why do you also want to get married? Like, yeah, or like, like, didn't we do enough? Change doesn't happen quickly. Men and women are equal. Why do women need different reproductive rights? Yeah, yeah. Like, it really hits that vibe. And like, this scene just does a great job of showing the way that systemic racism exists, not through like outright, ooh, I don't like them black people, but through. Almost like his thing was just like, but we did enough, didn't we? It's, you know, it's attrition through well-meaning liberals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So after this, Betty does... What any kid would do. Yeah, she gave the story to her parents. Thinking like, this is important to me and you guys will understand why it's important because you're my parents. Well, and apparently they do the nightly broadcasts. Yeah, they do a 15-minute news section. I don't know why they don't just run the paper. Because uh, I I know that's where they ended. Yeah, it's because Alice moved to TV News. <laughs> but uh, and did the show forget they had a newspaper? Well, they could have been the paper. They could have been radio. Like, <laughs> it's weird that they're like, oh no. Well, they did TV in 2027. So they gotta do TV. And 
Oh, and we should mention that Hal is alive and living with his family. And potentially not a serial killer. At the very least, he won't be called one. Because, no, because that term doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Jughead will tell us that later. Uh, and they give the same thing. Oh, we can't run the story. We'd have to run it past our sponsors, Blossom Maple Syrup. And they're like, well, they probably, they might not like it. I'm like, oh, for sure the Blossoms won't like it. <laughs> oh, the Blossoms will not like if that. If there's going to be... Uh, a family that is just outwardly aggressively racist. It's gonna be the blossoms. It's gonna be the blossoms. It's gonna be the blossoms. Uh, <laughs> I also like how Betty completely forgives her parents in that moment. She's like, "Oh yeah, you're right. The blossoms will stop it. The blossoms are the problem. Clearly, you Not couldn't. You, guys. you couldn't like push <laughs> for it. it as adults. Instead, no, you're right. The Blossoms won't. As if the, her parents couldn't stand up for what's right. Yeah. Uh, she, she does kind of give him a little bit of a razz by being like, yeah, and if the Blossoms don't, don't do it, then you won't be able to give yourself a raise. But she, uh, she immediately moves off of like, it. It's 1950s, buddy. She's not as tough yet. So Archie. Is hanging out with Jughead, and he's bemoaning the fact that he doesn't have his cool car to yeah, show Veronica so, how cool he so is. So what he's going to do. He's going to sneak the jalopy out. Now, what Jughead's going to do is ignore him and think about a comet. And I understand why. Jughead is a 25-year-old man. Yeah, he does not have time he, I, for these problems. Archie, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care that you need your cool car to make a girl <laughs> drive with you. You are a 16-year-old version of my kind of best friend. And, like, you were pretty dumb when you were 25. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now that you're 16 again. All right. So he's like, I need to make them remember. And he comes up <laughs> with, you know what? Considering all the things we know about them going back. He has figured out it's weird we're back in time. Yeah. More than like, we didn't time travel. There, Everyone exists here. So he's like, we made a time capsule. And he's missing his hammer. Maybe his hammer. Is in the time capsule. And the time capsule came back with us. And I'm like. Yeah, man, whatever. I guess, sure. So he borrows Archie's shovel and he goes and he shovels up that time capsule. And it's there. The time capsule came back with them. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And someone sees him dig up that time capsule. Oh, yeah, someone mysterious watches from the distance. And you know what? I'll say for the life of me, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know who it was either. I'm like, who? What? (laughs) Wait, who? I knew that they had, had like... At, le- at the very minimum, like, nape long hair. Yep. And I'm like, so that's about all I got. Probably any of the women. Yeah. It's it's Hermione. Ooh. So Archie sneaks his car out of his own house, yeah. arrives at school, is like, hey, pretty lady, can I give you a ride? And Veronica's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then Jughead runs past the time capsule being like, Archie, Veronica, important meeting in the music room. And he did get everyone in the music room. But the best part is he says that. He speeds on in. And yeah. Veronica goes, who is that? <laughs> it is fun. They do have some fun with the fact that these people, like, don't know each other. But, like, Jughead does. And then I think the best scene in Riverdale history happens. It's so good. It's so meta. It's so funny. And, and this is the moment, this is the biggest moment where I was like, oh my god, you're doing it. You're doing it so well, Riverdale. You're, you, you're going to redeem the last five years. Uh, because R- Jughead gives them all their stuff and then, oh, he, he also says his beanie wasn't in there. Ooh, mystery. Ooh. Um, 
He has to explain the future to them. Because they don't remember. So he's like, uh, and they're asking him, like, yeah. okay, well, what's the okay, future well, like? Well, the first thing is Veronica's is like, who's more famous in the future, me or Elizabeth Taylor? <laughs> and Cheryl, as Cheryl's want to do sometimes, it's like, absolutely not. No, no, no. Tell us about, like, what the, the life is like. He's like, well, he starts with cell phones, which... You know what? For real, that's what I would start with. Yeah. It feels like they're the biggest thing in our life right now and probably the starkest difference between. And it still gives you a thread because you're like, phones. If you I know be, what phones are. If I began with, okay, so artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. they'd be like, what? <laughs> but yeah, so he's try, he tries to explain phones and then it leads to the internet. And then he and then he explains the character arcs of Riverdale. Okay, because they say like, this is too complicated for us to understand. Tell us about ourselves. Archie, you were in a war in the army. Betty, you hunted down serial killers. I guess you don't know what that term means yet. Yeah. Uh, Veronica, you were in a casino, and before that, a speakeasy. And then, and then, and and then Tony was... turned the speakeasy into a biker bar. <laughs> That's the best sequence where he's like, "All right, well, you owned a casino, and you turned it into a speakeasy, and then uh, Tony bought the speakeasy from you and turned it into a biker bar." And Kevin. Um, I love this moment because it's almost like they realize that Kevin doesn't have storylines. So he comes up with, Kevin, you directed some musicals and joined an August harvesting cult. <laughs> Cheryl, I think, might be, he really just like. He really buries the lead on Cheryl. Yeah, he's like, well, Cheryl's like, well, what do I mean? He's like, well, you were possessed by your ancestor and became a witch. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 buddy. That was the other way around. It's true. She became a witch and then was possessed by her ancestor. But she wasn't really a part of the main crew then, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, like, the, the thing is that he, ju- he just told them things from season uh, five and six. Yes. Which I think is fair because he might not want to tell them high school things because. Because they're in high school. Yeah, he and... thinks of this in a really weird way. Like, his, his, his attempt to, which makes sense. There's actually this underlying theme that he's going insane. So yeah. him trying to rationalize, like, well, you're in high school, so like the future is the past, the future, our past, and your future, time is, but he is. Yeah, he says we're from the past, which is in the future. Yeah. So, um, Archie. Oh no, no, no! First, he's explained his idea on how to get them back completely. I do not know why he thinks this will work. <laughs> like, I understand when he used it before. Yeah. So he says. They could wait for Bailey's Comet. I have another idea. Archie and Betty, you have to... Does he say make out or have sex? Make out. You have to make out on Archie's bed while a bomb explodes underneath it. (laughs) I'm like, Jughead, that got you out of one universe because you were replicating what happened in the other universe. I... I, I mean, he's going mad. Yeah, that is the thing. Well, and also, like, I kind of feel like if I was the only person who knew we were in the past slash a parallel universe, I would also be grasping at straws. <laughs> I, I'll give this to Jughead. He really does, like, make... I mean, hey, he... The time capsule came back. At this yeah. point, he has no reason to believe anything he thinks is wrong. Well, and, like, in this episode, he does not have a Dilton Doily or an Ethel to, like, bounce ideas off of. Also, he's alone. Also, he made out with Betty. On the bed when the bomb blew up. No, he was going to make out with Veronica. And then Archie killed Veronica. And then Betty killed Archie. And then he made out with Betty. And then they went back into this universe. And then he, while he was making it with Betty, called and warned other Betty and Archie that there was a bomb? Yeah, I don't know when he made Oh, no, there were two Jugheads. Yeah, no, that was the other Jughead. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Um, It's fine then. Yes. Um... 
So Archie uh, pulls Jughead away and gives a very serious <laughs> talk about how Jughead will be committed about this stuff. And I'm going to give this to KJ Appa. This seems ridiculous. He he gives a yeah, very serious correct. dramatic talk. Um, there are two really, really great Archie moments that are kind of tied up in all of this. Yeah. At one point, or before the talk, um, Archie says, um, we should go for a walk. And Jughead's response is, are you going to beat me up? Because you're really violent in the future. <laughs> Yeah, it, he, he has violent moments, I'll say. He has moments where he's incredibly violent. And it just, like, speaks to what Jughead sees of Archie. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is Archie says, you know what? Maybe you're right and we are in a parallel universe or in the past or whatever. But, like, life's good. It's not perfect, but it's good. And I said, Archie, it's super easy for you to say that life isn't perfect but, it's good, but good when you live in a house with a parent and don't live in an abandoned train car with a dog. Yeah, Jughead doesn't have his parents. <laughs> um, and and they, they don't really ever talk about why. Yeah, and like we don't need to get into also how it's really easy for Archie, a white man, to be like, this is fine. Yeah. Uh, Dover, Jughead does seem pretty content about his life well, with hot dogs because but Jughead's an adult in a teenager's body that's true that's true he's 27 years old um all right so this leads into Betty and Tony just talking more about Emmett Till and this is the scene that feels like they're reciting facts from the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. and is what made me think the most about the fact that the the movie Till released just before this started and started filming started filming yeah and I, mainly I know that they wrote for longer but they knew the movie was coming out while they were writing. So I'm super suspicious. Th- that is my thing, is that especially because when we know of Riverdale and how much they called this title the title of this episode, Don't Worry Darling. The amount that they just hop onto modern common trends mm-hmm. and don't like come up with their own stuff just makes it feel like they heard Till was coming out and decided, ooh, Emmett Till is hot these days. Now I do wonder because like, I, I don't I don't want to put things onto like no, obviously the writers. I, I felt the same way. Yeah. I'm gonna give them a little bit of grace because I think probably originally when they're going back to the 1950s, they were just gonna hop on the martyr Martin Luther King train again mm-hmm. because that's something the last time they went back to the 50s. And then maybe someone did some research and realized that wouldn't timeline with James Dean. But they didn't have to go back to 1955. So they, well, I mean, they also didn't have to do the James Emmett Dean. Till storyline. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm, I don't trust them. I don't, oh, this is going to sound so bad. And I'm a Canadian saying it. Um, I don't think if the movie weren't coming out, Emma Till would have been on the radar. Oh, I don't think so as well, at all. It is an important story, but yeah. it's not one of the most famous, famous stories from the civil rights movement. Well, and, and I think it is. It is and it's not. Yeah, and and there's obviously obviously I mean the reason the movie got made was because people knew about it and, and like of the atrocities and there, and that there were was, happening in the and there was a lot of things that came up in the years before with like new things coming out about it. like they reopened yeah. it and then like they found more stuff and people were doing talks like it is a thing that should be it should be on their radar. Sure. My, I will go back to the same thing I said at the beginning. I don't know why Riverdale is doing it. Yeah. Why? Okay. You know. I think. Okay. No. No. I, no I'm going to say this. Here's what I'm going to say. People will sometimes try in a in an attempt to like defend Riverdale's whole thing. They're like, oh, well, it's a campy, heightened, like crazy show. 
we're writing like a, a teen drama, a teen drama parody show right now. Yeah, which is a camp, campy, heightened, crazy show. I, admittedly, we are a bit more goofy than Riverdale is. Yes, like River, like the the parts of this stuff, like this episode that I really liked, they were being like hyper dramatic, and there's a lot of moments that have hyper drama, like soap opera drama, mm-hmm. drama. But I would never put. A storyline about a real-life atrocity in our goofy, heightened, campy show. And that is where the ever-existent, like, problem with Riverdale comes in. Is that you can't just say, oh, it's goof-em-up fun, don't take it so seriously. When they do things like this. When they're begging you to take them seriously. Yeah. When last season, they did their episode on what to do about unhoused populations in your town. Or the entire thing they did about the union. Which, the unhoused populations thing, they did for one episode. And then no one in that town ever thought about that again. Except for the one time the Jughead had to call a homeless man on the phone. Yeah. So, like, the... Their exploration and, 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 of prostitution, and, 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 like their exploration of the women who sleep with the truckers, yeah. that wasn't nuanced or helpful or add anything to the conversation. And, and I'm never going to say that comedy or parody can't like satirize serious situations and have commentary about serious situations. But when you watch this, the Emmett Till storyline is not at any point a satire or like they're, they don't put like like... They don't try to address that topic through comedy. They address it through very serious people saying, reciting lines off of a Wikipedia page. Uh, so, anyway. Yeah, so they mentioned the whole fact, like the big thing about, about um, that kind of helped uh, the, if people don't actually know about the whole Emmett, which you know, don't get information from us. Look up your, look up information about Emmett Till. There's so yeah. much out there. There's a, actually a pretty decent movie about it. That yeah, came we're, out. we're white people in Canada and we're um, not historians. But a big thing about it was that um, uh, his mom uh, put just like, when people weren't hearing about it, just like put out photos of this is what happened to yeah. Emmett. So Betty's like, I want to see the photos and maybe we'll do something about that. Uh, so Julian and Cheryl are bickering about Veronica in general. Yeah. Julian's mad yeah. that he didn't get to go on a date. Cheryl's mad that she's not popular. Um, Penelope, <laughs> Penelope is back. To act as a sexy male slot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she she's back, I guess. She's the, one of the only adults that still exist in this show. Yep. So she um, hands over she a, hands magazine, a magazine. Yeah, which reveals that Veronica wasn't cast as Emily Webb. And here I was like, yes, I really like this. Because Veron- like I love the fact that Veronica comes in and her entire thing is she's super, like, self-aggrandizing and she's like the coolest person but it's all a lie Ooh. and i'm like yes that's the layered stuff that i need about veronica so um speaking of veronica she and archie are on their date she makes a reference to the brown derby and archie doesn't know what that is then she says it's really glorious once and he, he doesn't, doesn't know, know what that, that is because <laughs> archie only likes archie archie lives a simple life he likes sports his car pop tates yep and fishing it's Sweetwater River. Yeah. And Veronica seems, you know, kind of into that. Uh, we learned that his dad died in the Korean War now. And then we learned something even sadder. Molly Ringwald Andrews is a part-time sales girl at a store. Aaron, it's 1955. 1955 women can still have careers. I just, I'm, I wouldn't be so mad about this if she wasn't like such a drip in this episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> like the- she has no personality and no agency <laughs> 
and only cares about seeing pictures of James Dean's destroyed car. Yeah, no, she doesn't have a lot going on. Um, the I what I like was that Archie when he's like when Ron goes like, well, what about girls? Archie's like, well, I've never had a serious girlfriend before. Ron goes like, well, why is that? I wanted him to answer with. Because I'm 16. I'm a child. I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a child. But I mean, I guess at 16, if you dated someone for like three months when you were 15, you might be like, I had a serious girlfriend. She was my first real love. She was my first real love. We dated for three months when I was 15. And then uh, then summer break happened and we just sort of didn't get back together. It's 1955. So we couldn't call each other because she went to summer camp. Ooh, and long did, distance is expensive. Do you think Archie got hot over summer? Like, yes. Yeah, yes, okay. I do. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, this is all broken up by Cheryl coming in to announce that, in fact, <laughs> Veronica was not cast as the ingenue Emily Webb in our town. Natalie Wood was. Perhaps. Mm, dun, dun, dun. Perhaps Veronica was just sent away by her parents for being a lying liar. <laughs> Smash cut optical flip to Veronica. And the Pembroke being like, yeah, I was sent away because I was a lying liar. <laughs> Yeah. Well, not for that reasons. Actually, her reasons suck. So, uh, just I want to. I need to point this one thing out very quickly. We talked about how these people still don't talk like they're in any era at all. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna say this right now, Veronica. Don't say the word banished. Don't say you were banished. That's a weird thing yeah. for anyone to you say. Definitely weren't banished. Banished. She says banished and then spirited away later. I'm like, just say kicked out. <laughs> She's like a fairy tale princess. Oh yeah, that's a, a whole thing. So. Okay, but before she gets into her explanation, yeah. I just want to put another amazing Archie line. Oh, sure. So she, Veronica's crying, 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 yeah. and Archie's like, hey, don't worry about it. Cheryl just does monologues like that, and no one pays attention to her. <laughs> Veronica's like, no, she was telling the truth. You see, I was banished here. Um, I'm a problem. And when my when my parents have problems, they make them go away. And I'm like, ooh, like the mafia. Ooh. Uh, she is far too articulate about her own situation. She really is. She yeah. can explain it and understand like, what happened too well. Yeah. She's like, well, once my parents started with uh, their... Uh, with their the show, show. With their TV show, I I started acting out they like would, some spoiled little rich girl to get their attention. They would ignore me, and then I would act out more. But one time, I finally went too far. Oh yeah, and the Jimmy's thing, accident. And Archie's like, "Oh, you're in the car with her," and I was like, "Oh, they're doing this." And she goes, "No, I was a part of a convoy with some other good time girls." Yeah. Okay. okay. And then then my, to, keep, to keep me out of my, the papers, my parents spirited me away. And I'm just thinking, this still feels like a lie, but I don't know if it's a lie. Because I... It's like the show just couldn't think of anything that she did. Well, why couldn't they make her do something actually bad? There's, they, they never give their characters who have like, I'm a bad person, do actually do something bad. The closest they get is Betty. Yeah. But why didn't Veronica like crash her car? She could have even crashed her car the same night as James Dean. You know what? Or you screw it. If you're gonna do weird stuff, put her in the car. Put with her James in the Dean. car with James Dean. It's a different timeline. And she says, "Oh, they sent me away to keep me out of the papers." Like it's weird, but it's not the weirdest thing you do. And that actually kind of, especially considering how she's like a 16 year old hanging out with a 24 year old. Yeah. It's instead she's like, "No, 
I and some other girls were dr- uh, were driving, driving near him. Well, yeah, they were going to. Well, I don't even know if they're driving near him. They said they were going to. So, do you know how James Dean died? Yeah. Yeah. So he was but on, maybe tell the audience. All right. So the way that James Dean died is that he, he he liked racing. He stopped racing when he was in movies. After it was done, movies done. He was got a car and he was mm-hmm. driving. He was driving to a race. Yeah. He was going really fast. Another car pulled out in front of him. He couldn't stop in time. He hit the car. Um, he and his passenger, which was uh, like the stunt coordinator or something, yeah. uh, died. The person who was trailing them, uh, like, came out to, to help. And a bunch of other, like, onlookers actually saw. A what, nurse was yeah. actually there who tried to... Resuscitate. Uh, yeah, but he was, like, d- dead on impact. She said she also may have said he had a weak pulse, but he, he that's how he died. He was very dead. Yes. Um, but, like, so she's, like, implying that, that she was with a bunch of other... Good time girls, which is just a 1950s slang for hangers on. Well, uh, well, for a young woman who engages in partying and romantic or sexual liaisons. Yeah, but I think this show is using it to be groupie. Oh, who knows? Um, Which, you know, you could you could argue that also applies towards. Um, She was again like a convoy with like other girls who I guess were following him. I, I just don't, I don't understand how she could have been in the papers based on what she is describing. And I don't I don't know why this would be the answer is like, oh, well, we'll send her away. So no one knows that she was near him. near James. D- like the only thing I can think of is the fact that she is 16, but they seem to refuse to accept like, that she shouldn't be hanging out with James Dean. Yes, like that That almost feels like the answer. This scene is followed up by another scene that I didn't care for. Yeah. Archie arrives home. Obviously, his mom noticed the car was gone. Yeah, and because she only has one personality trait this episode, she is upset because... She keeps looking at keeps the James Dean thinking pictures. thinking about James Dean being dead. Um, and she's worried that Archie... Will also die. And then she has to say... You could die like your dad, and that would be sad. And then Archie goes, oh, mom, yeah, I should make my, I should ask Betty to unsoup my car so it can't drive as fast. He says, oh, it can't go faster than 20 miles per hour. And I'm like, I don't know how to tell you, going too slow is also dangerous. Yeah, I don't know what the speed limits were in the 1950s, Probably but like y'all 50. should do some research. Probably like 50 miles per hour. I know cars were slower, but like. The 20 miles per hour is like That's 30 kilometers per hour for our Canadian listeners. That's... I don't know. Well, Archie's doing this with his mom. Veronica watches Omiha. And I guess she hates the, the kid star who, like, plays their kid, I imagine. But the kid plays little Ronnie. Who I think is probably their kid, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the kid plays a little version of Veronica. Yep. Um, I guess she hates him. And she gets a call from... Hermione. I that's that it does is, not that is it, not, it's not Hermione's voice. That is not that no that nope, is that is not, not the voice of the actress. Um, <laughs> that, is not, that is not her. She says "mom" immediately, so we can mm. know. But that is not that woman's voice. Marisol yeah. Nichols did not do that Ooh, voiceover. Um, she got yeah. She got heard that there was a boy in the apartment, and that's where I guess that probably Smithers is a spy. And and then her mom's like, "We're not going down that pathway again. No oh. boys. Uh, what pathway, Hermione? Yeah. What? Yeah. What's again? Like the setup of the problem? Like is made, that she was near James Dean when he died? Like, geez, well, I mean, obviously she did other things, is what she has yeah. implied. But she says the big problem was that that I guess she was partying with James Dean and then he died. And like there, that that framing 
makes a bit more sense and maybe if they're like maybe if their thing was like and maybe this is what it will reveal to be um they're worried that hollywood is affecting her too much so, so maybe, they want to get her away from Hollywood. Well, and maybe it wasn't that she was near James Dean. It was that this friend of hers mm-hmm. died and, and they like, were like, oh, that's what Hollywood does to people. So we should get you away. But and, the problem is she's too articulate about what happened to her. Yeah. And and it, just, it comes down to the trust of the show. And I have no reason to trust that what Veronica said in that scene is a lie. Even as much as I want it to be that she's constantly lying to herself, we don't have quite enough evidence. Like, just one little thing for me to be like, no, definitely still lying. Well, and on Riverdale, Veronica is known to always be the rightest and the coolest. Yeah. Even when she was absolutely atrocious to Reggie. So many times last season. Yeah, so things could change, but that's where I'm going to put that. Um, Betty meets... Okay, so she gets the photos, and then she decides she's going to publish the article anyway. But all on thing is like, yeah, but you never weren't going to want to do it. Like, I almost... Nothing changed your mind. Yes, I'm almost thinking she should have been in the earlier scenes like, Hey, maybe they're right. Maybe people aren't ready for this. Maybe we should try something, like, lighter first. Yeah, and... And because then, then when she sees it and she goes like, oh, I'm right. Yeah, no, you're right. We should publish them. That could have been like a an arc. But I, the reason, if I may put something on the writers, mm-hmm. which we do all the time. Yep. Maybe they were afraid Betty would be racist. Well. And they I'm, didn't want her to be have any signs of being potentially. Well, I'm going to point something out in a very near scene. Yeah. That will support your thesis. So. So yeah, so it's weird that she's like, like, well, I'm gonna publish it anyway. These these photos really made me do the same thing I was doing before, but I guess a little bit harder now. Uh, and and then, instead, Tony's like, I have a different solution. I have changed my mind because you took too long. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, I'm going. I want us to have a poem about Emmett Till read over the morning announcements, but unfortunately. We gotta get Cheryl to help us, and I don't really know Cheryl. But I think she'll do good against her parents. Like, right, I forgot their endgame. Okay, so then the weirdest scene happens. (laughs) Tabitha comes to talk to Jughead in the hallway, and she's like, Hey, you know when you asked if you could do anything for me? Well, I'm gonna go on a tour of America with my parents and Mrs. Till. Because to, to talk about Emmett... And, and I'm not going to drop out of school. I'm going to keep doing my homework. But it would be... Well, no, hang on. At this point, I was like, what does Jughead have to do with this? Well, she won't explain that. And she just says, I feel like I might need some, a friend to help me stay on top of things. Like, what, what do you mean? And then she just walks away. Yeah, Jughead goes, okay. And then I'm like, what do you, what, what does he do? Is what he is calling? he going to do? Did you forget email doesn't exist? He can't email her schoolwork. Is he going to send her like, she's going to mail him her essays and then he's going to mail her back feedback? Is he going to mail her notes from the classes? I'm like, I guess, what does he call her and tell her? Like, what, what, do you, what is, what is his? What what is, and what? <laughs> at if, no point in that scene did I know what his <laughs> Function like I'm like well here, so here is my sequence of events. She was like oh so um my uh Miss Till is going on a tour of the country uh and my parents are gonna go with them like oh she's gonna take over the 
Um, pop taste. Pop taste. And he's going to work there with her because yeah. that's what the state we're in. And then she goes, and I'm going with them. And I'm like, okay, so is he going to watch pop taste? So he's still going to work at pop taste? And then she's like, <laughs> and then she says, and I'm not dropping out of school because Featherhead said, like, is, is willing to help me with things. And you will also be involved. Goodbye. And then she leaves. <laughs> that's the scene. That's the scene. <laughs> Uh, we quickly check in with Featherhead, um, well, sorry, with, um, Cheryl, who explains, like, oh, well, we can't okay. do it. Featherhead is going to pull the plug. He's done it before. So, in this scene, nothing happens to make Cheryl change her mind. No. They are just afraid of making Cheryl seem racist. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they won't even let the people have, like, 1950s level of, like, apathy racist. Like, like... <laughs> I'm sorry, Tony and Betty do not make an argument. No, no, of course they don't. They just say, we're going to do this. And Cheryl's like, but Featherhead. And then they're like, we'll make a distraction. Yeah, of and course she's they like, don't. This is 35 okay. minutes into a 44-minute episode. They got to get going. I mean, we also have to get going, but I don't know what convinces Cheryl. They just don't want us to think she's a bad person. And guess what, show? I don't care what year it is. Cheryl Blossom is a bad person. <laughs> yeah, it... I'm not saying I need these people to be racist because I don't want the main characters to be racist. But I wouldn't mind if they had the even a featherhead level of like they just don't see it as a problem because that's what that's what a lot of even allies are. They don't they can't see like problems, especially super wealthy Cheryl Blossom. Yeah, the, it, it, the fact that she'd even just be like, well, I don't see why why like it's a why problem. this is a problem. And then like, Tony could everyone say- already knows about. And then Tony could say, well, I've experienced X, Y, Z at this school. Yeah. And Cheryl could be like, oh, I didn't know that was going on. Yeah, even if her like she had like a quick change, we might still give it a bit of bit of guff. Because let's be honest about ourselves. We hate Cheryl. <laughs> we hate Cheryl. But it would fit It'd a little bit. It would be less guff. So their plan is that Tabitha um, passes out on the football field to get both Featherhead and Miss Bell, Miss Bell outside. outside. Well, Tony actually is the one. Uh, which probably is better, yeah. uh, to read the poem. And uh, she's going to read Mississippi 1955 by Langston Hughes. Yes. The, Thank God I was afraid she was going to read her own poem. Nice. Um, <laughs> the weirdest part in this actually might be when it cuts to Dr. Werner still staring at the same window, which I thought was the room they're <laughs> in. Principal's office. Because uh, I thought they were in the principal's office doing the yeah, announcements. Yeah, I thought so too. But Werner's staring at the same window, just sort of like looking up like, interesting. <laughs> they're in a room next to the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> And I just think this is B-roll. <laughs> they just happened to get a shot during the other scene and so, they were like, we can yeah. use that. Okay, so this makes Featherhead upset and he's like, well, all future poems will be passed through me. And they're like, okay, we're okay. not really going to do this. We did it our time. <laughs> it was never a rule before, so that's fine. <laughs> but, hey, it makes the teachers decide There's... to talk about the poem and, and how civil people rights feel. and how you feel about it. Uh, Veronica has to have her storyline wrapped up. So she sees the boys. This is a classic, uh, except for instead of Reggie, it's Julian. Julian. But she walks outside. She sees the boys. There's Julian with his nice souped up. Or no, he's just fancy. Yeah, his fancy car. And then there's Reggie or Archie with his like a little bit beaten, but still like cool car. And she's like, oh, look at these boys. Light and dark. Fast and slow, like, shallow and earnest. What? I will walk home. And I'm just like, wait, how is that a win for you? Like, what what happened in, in this con- Like, what is that decision that you made? No boys. 
Because maybe if there's no boy, she gets to spend Thanksgiving with her parents. Yeah, maybe that's where she was going. I don't know. She, But she walks away like, I... <laughs> I win. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pure Veronica. Even when it's clearly something she's doing for someone else, she's like, no, I win. I made this choice. I decided I didn't want boys. My mom didn't tell me. Okay. Uh, all right, well, now we have to have the big scene. So, Jughead is... is that Pop Tate's? Uh, in the last scene he was at Pop Tates, he brought his typewriter there and was tippet typing. This time he's just scribbling in a notebook like a madman. And he wonders, am I a madman? I mean, I think you should all mostly wonder, who let you into this? Everyone's and, gone. Yeah, he, he broke in. <laughs> okay. Uh, he, he knows how to break in, Kevin. He's worked there for years. True. <laughs> now, uh, in comes Tabitha. Now, this is very obviously off the bat. Not 1955 Tabitha, because she's wearing a trench coat, which I don't know if you watch a lot of, like, media these days. That's what angels wear. Yeah, angels wear trench coats. Angels wear trench coats. Angels wear trench coats. Hides their wings. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Look, I have watched Supernatural. I know angels wear trench coats. Angels wear trench coats. Uh, and <laughs> So this is his Tabitha. Yes. And she remembers. And she explains. Because she's the guardian angel. She is just an angel now, by the way. Just yeah. fully an angel. Um, so yeah, the comet hit in the future and yeah, guess failed. what, guess what, Cheryl didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> this was a plan B. Because Tabitha reserved some of her life force yeah. so that she could use the rest of it to push them to a time where they would have more runway to deal with the comet. Okay. Or maybe for her to untangle some threads. Yeah, no, okay, here, here's, here's what I'm going to say. Um, nothing she says in this next paragraph makes any sense. No, it doesn't. Not, not in the universe they've set up, not in the universe we know, not in any universe in the world does what she says here make sense. She has a lot of nonsense about how, well, I had to move everyone back to 1955 because we needed a run-up. And, well, and you, will, you will stay here in 19, the 1950s while I will travel and untangle various timelines caused by the comet's hit. I imagine we won't see her do any of that. No, Because no, that no. sounds interesting. Yeah, that's going to happen a, off screen. And also, a different show. <laughs> well, and Jughead has a task. And she will miss, <laughs> she will misquote Martin Luther King. Well, no, and, she she will summarize Martin Luther and King. And I will misquote him. Sure. Because I didn't write it down. Do you want me to read it then? Well, I was going to say that essentially Jughead has to use the time while she's time traveling around to prove that this universe bends towards justice. Yeah. So while she's doing that, he needs to, with, I guess, help with everyone else, solve the systemic issues of 1950s America so that the Riverdale of 2027 won't be on the verge of moral and societal collapse. Despite the fact that that only really, really came to play when a madman traveled from the 1600s in an alternative dimension well, and, and used mind control to sow discord. Well, and then even before that, that was because a mob boss became the mayor. Like, at no point in the previous six seasons did it feel like what Riverdale was dealing with was the echoes of the systemic issues uh, that that propped that, that came up in post Jim Crow America, like that wasn't that, that wasn't, wasn't the theme. theme. <laughs> that wasn't what we were seeing. Like 
I understand that we had stuff with, you know, like the Black Hood who wanted to kill sinners. Yeah. Which you could... For a different reason. Which you, maybe you could make an argument is like a response to a uh, perceived moral degradation from the time of uh, non-moral degradation. But no, that's, she just says, okay, so what you have to do is make sure that there's no more systemic bigotry when i get when i get back from my time travel you better make sure there's no racism everyone's free to have what and ever sexuality they want and women can be lawyers <laughs> that's a lot to ask of a bunch of teenagers in small town america especially because she will follow up this request by telling Jughead <laughs> that his knowledge is an anomaly that is driving him mad. So, so she's going to kiss him to erase his memory. Like, but you just said he, how is he supposed to, like, I guess you could make it, like, that is why they had that thing earlier where they're like, oh, a conversation that wasn't going to happen for decades actually happened. And that has nothing to do with Jughead. So I guess just like these people with their 19, with their 2027 sensibility, like. It, it, it's still somewhere the, deep inside the, them the, their memories are gone yeah the implication seems to be that they travel back to 1950s America with their sensibilities from 2027 and they have to use those subconscious pushes to to fix just this town's just this town's <laughs> like issues they haven't even hit Reaganism yet like what is <laughs> is every episode going to be them solving a systemic it, oh god what, that's not fun are they is the next episode going to be them trying to make sure that, like, capitalism doesn't happen in Riverdale? I just want Archie to be worried about who to invite to the sock hop. Like, what, what are you, what are you, this is season seven and you spend it in, this is your, sorry, this is your final season. Yeah. You spend an entire episode doing a run-up, resetting what, ha- what you set up in the previous episode. Why even give Jughead the ability to see to know it's because they pivoted. It's because they didn't, they weren't going to do this. And, and they, they tricked deci- us. And then they decided to do this. And they're like, oh, wait, but this doesn't work if Jughead remembers the future. So let's actually just remove that. That very interesting, like, setup we did last season with Jughead's the only one who remembers 2027. We don't like, we couldn't think of enough storylines. So they just did so a, let's do something else. So now they're doing a hard reset because we're not going to have Tabitha popping in every so often to be like, anyway, I'm still on a Traveling well, all these no, but timelines. Kevin, that actress is a series regular. They have to do something with her. They sent away 1955 Tabitha. They have to pay her. Like she's, in, they have to put her in episodes. Nah. She has a contract. Nah. I mean, they've done things with regulars where they disappear for. Uh, we there's. I have no doubt that once they did this, we're not getting 1955 the entire time. Like, yeah, since, it's so clear. She does spend a long time being like, "Oh, this will take a while," which is why. What I predict is they're going to jump ahead in time to to important moments. Yeah, I think so too. And then, so every single episode is going to be like an important civil rights moment, maybe. Anyway, um, Jughead rushes home to try to write down his memories before they disappear. But the only thing he manages to type is bend towards justice. Yeah. And then his toque appears. Yeah, then his beanie is there. So I guess... I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. That's a pretty interesting. It's thing pretty that's interesting. Going on. I like that magic. All right, Aaron. 
Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Oh, did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where someone acted in a way that made no sense whatsoever, wildly out of character, just to serve some insane narrative? Which is tough because they're kind of different characters. So Yeah, but I... So I most of the characters held like a grain of themselves. Yeah. Like... Tony has always been trusted in social justice. Yep. Tony has always fought for what's right. Yep. Betty has always been rebellious against her parents. Veronica's always been a big fat liar. I mean, unfortunately, I think she always tells the truth, actually. <laughs> okay, the show thinks she always tells the truth. She's we, we just don't believe a big her. <laughs> fat liar. Cheryl likes to deliver monologues. And Molly Ringwald, Ringwald Andrews is a strong woman who walks a fine line between being a very good mom and also like pursuing her truth. And in this scene, when Molly Ringwald Andrews decides that Archie's car, his jalopy that can't go fast is a hot rod because it has flames painted on it. Yeah. Like it. It's... I paused my TV and I walked away. Yeah. It, it, like I understood where they were going in a sense, but it's, they, they're they just doing, because well, all they do is repeat storylines. They're just doing the, oh, I'm worried for you because your dad is dead storyline again. That's what this was. The, yeah. reason, the reason she's acting this way is not like because James Dean died and she's like, it's because because she's thinking about the fact that her husband died probably like four years ago. Yeah, so I looked up the years. Of the Korean, Korean War ended in 1953. I, yeah, because I couldn't remember offhand. Yeah. He died between 1950 and 1953. Yeah, so he died fairly recently. But like not recently I'm, enough I'm, for this storyline. Eh, I'm not going to judge how people people grieve. But the, the but, but like they, but we, that that is that is the that is the story they're doing and it was definitely not done well. Okay, but the point like that I wanted to make yeah. is he didn't die recently enough for it to be interesting to retread the path again. Well, especially because there's no parallel between your dad died in a war and, and you might and you might get in a car accident. Yeah. Did you find a I'm going to do a funny one. Um so at the part where Jughead is giving everyone their stuff, yeah. he says the line which I don't know why anyone would say it this way. He says, "We put this in here 67 years ago." But in the future, and I'm like, why? Why would you say six, seven years ago? It was even in your timeline. It was seven years ago. Why didn't you say seven years ago? But in the future, but or why did you say we put this in here sixty-seven years in the future? Why did you say we put this in here sixty-seven years ago? But in the future, what? What insanity is that to say it in that way? Can I also point out something hilarious? Yeah. I remember when we were watching this. Yeah. The thing that Tabitha put in the time capsule was a 1950s Pop Teats menu. Yeah. So for her, it really doesn't. <laughs> Luckily, she wasn't in that scene, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why Tabitha wasn't in that scene. Actually, I, she I was confused. I just assumed that because she didn't put one in, I couldn't remember when they did this whole thing. If Tabitha. Was there to put one in? Oh no no no! no Tabitha didn't put there. it in. So who? Veronica, Veronica put, it put it in. Veronica put it in the 1950s. Yes, that's one. right. Because this Veronica was before, owned it then. Yeah, this was before the time skip. That's and right. Tabitha okay. wasn't around before the time skip. The fact that Veronica put a 1950s pop tates menu in there is even more hilarious. Yeah, remember she owned what, it. What emotional weight? <laughs> 
Thanks, yeah. thanks Riverdale. We, we talked about when they put those things in, and they were varying amounts of emotional weight. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm excited to be here with episodes that are a solid 40 minutes longer than the actual TV show. Because there are so many things to unpack. So come with us this season. <laughs> unpack it with us. Follow us on the social media. It's Podcast Moa, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. We'll try to make the other one shorter, but come on, it was the season premiere. <laughs> you, there's, a lot, there's always a lot to talk about so in much, this. So much exposition, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you like exposition... Exposition for people who aren't familiar with our podcast by giving us a rating, review, and subscription on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. I'm Aaron Weir. You can find me at flimsyplan.com. <laughs> I don't know if you were done. I forgot. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm. You can find me at kevinweirbooks.com. That's where my books are. We have things. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Who left the beanie? Can Tabitha untangle the timelines? Where is Reggie? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. Teen Drama Fancast? <laughs>